Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Oh, we're on. Hello, everyone. <laughs> what? Hi. Um, we want to welcome those at Westside. Just turn around, give Westside a, a, a wave. Westside, give us a cheer where you are. And Battersea, give us a cheer. And for those online as well, uh, give us a cheer where, where, wherever you are. Um, today, today we celebrate our eight-year birthday today this weekend we we launched a church this weekend eight years ago all the prophetic people are going to email me the significance of the number eight I imagine (laughs) so uh, but yeah well eight years what a good birthday and so over the next couple of weeks Steve and I wanted to share some of the vision of this church and describe a little bit about who we are and then also where we're going over this next year On our very, very first Sunday of this church, we wanted the opening words to be representative of what Jesus had called us to in this area of London. And so what we did is that we read this prophecy from Isaiah 61. Um, A bit of background. In Isaiah 61, the prophet proclaims of an anointed one who is coming. And he preaches the good news to the poor. He frees the people who are imprisoned. He heals the blind. He releases the oppressed. And about 700 years after the time of Isaiah, Jesus relates these Bible passages to himself. And he proclaims for all to hear that he is the one who Isaiah is speaking of. And he then commands us and commissions us to do the same. And so Steve and I couldn't think of a better passage to announce and proclaim the kind of church that Jesus was building in the greatest city in the world. And so on our very first Sunday, the very first time we met together, we all stood up and read it together. And so let's stand, if you're able to, across the sites, um, online, or even if you're listening eight years from now. So Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. This is who we are, and this is where we're going. If you want to take a seat wherever you are, So this text is just the springboard of what we're about as a church, about having a church where first and foremost the Spirit of God is upon us. Uh, And we believe this is the key to everything, uh, that we are people full of the Spirit of God. We're people full of God. And we're carrying, we're carrying of, uh, 
of his presence. But with that power, we want to see lives transformed both supernaturally and practically. And we believe that this was the church Jesus dreamed about, dreamt about as at the beginning. You see, we know that God is a God of miracles, and we believe in a God of miracles. But we also believe that this church is here to be a church that are the hands and the feet of Jesus to a hurting community, to serve our city and to make practical differences in people's lives as well. Um, we regularly share the history of this church. So if you've heard this before, I'm sorry that we're repeating ourselves, but I think it's really important that you know how we became who we are today and where we've been and for, all, for you all to realise that you're part of this same story. Throughout the whole of the Bible, God was always instructing his people to remember remember, remember their story. Remember how God brought them out of Israel. Remember the covenant that he made with their ancestors. And every so often, God would instruct people to build a memorial so that people would remember. And so whether you've been part of this church since it began or you've just joined in recently, you are part of this story. And we're part of his story together. And what we're wanting to do is prophetically plant a stake in the ground to say this is who we are and this is where we're going. And so as we look back at the story of the church and look back at the stories of transformation over the last, particularly the last year, uh, we, want to, we want to thank the Lord as a, as a memorial stone. Uh, but by planting the stake in the ground, it also comes with some direction markers of, to help us guide us about where we're going, what we're about. And so... Like great stories, it started a long, long time ago. Uh, for Viv, it started a lot longer than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I was born in South Africa, and then when I was uh, four or five, my mom and I moved to Tutin, uh, just down the road. And I went to school in Tutin and then in Balham before moving just down the A3 to Epsom. And then after uni, Steve and I ended up doing a gap year called Training in Evangelism, which is where we met. And you either had a placement in a church uh, that you already belonged to, or you were put into a, uh, into a new church. And so Steve was already part of this church plant in Epsom, and I was put into a new church in Balham. But I, I felt God calling me back to London, calling me back to, uh, to this great city. And I wanted to be open about where God wanted uh, to put me back. And so I spent a day with a map and I'd highlighted different areas in London that uh, I wanted, that maybe God had been calling me to. Uh, and obviously I started at my beloved West Ham <laughs> over in the East, East London. And in each area I wanted to talk to people, to pray, to, to share the gospel and ask Jesus, are you wanting me back in this part of London? Uh, by six o'clock, I was getting really frustrated. I'd gone to different parts of London. Uh, I hadn't really ventured north, though. North was like just a strange... North London's like a strange world. Um, but I was getting really frustrated. And by, by about six o'clock, uh, I was just tra I was traipsing around, not really feeling like God was calling me to th this or that part of London. At that point, and there hasn't been many points in my life where I've heard God speak to me clearly, but he said to me, Steve, you've done it your way, 
Now do it my way. Get on this bus. And so I just popped on this bus. I didn't know where it was going. And it ended up at Hammersmith bus station. And I got off and I was like, where is this? And then at that point, what shall I do now? And at that point, God said, get on this next bus. And I got on the next bus, didn't know where it was going, got to the end of the line. And it was in Wandsworth, near Wandsworth, uh, the Arndale, the old Arndale that was there. And um, I got off the bus and I'd recognize, I recognized that part of uh, Wandsworth. And, and again, another indicator was then God said to me, just like I led Moses and Abraham through the desert, so I'm going to lead you. And for the next hour, um, this is going to sound really weird, but for the next hour, I started walking and God said, go left and go right and go left and go right. And so for, for over, this, over this next hour, I kind of started walking around and um, I ended up at the back end of my school in Balham, just down at Chestnut Grove. And it's not a direction that I'd go to. But I remember just gripping on to the, the rails of my old secondary school, Chestnut Grove, and just weeping and crying. And it was, it was then God said uh, to me, I'm calling you back to Balaam. And uh, just that journey of that day was such a confirmation of God leading me back, back to my roots. Maybe for yourself, maybe uh, through work you've ended up in London maybe through friendships, maybe through God's call. And there's been many people uh, here, God's called you to, uh, to the UK and to London. But I believe there's a reason why we're all here today. There's a reason why we're all, all gathered here today. You see, there's a lot of unknowns. And, but I believe that we'll look back at this time and we'll see the fingerprints of God all over this activity and for me, I know and I know and I know that he's led us to this place. And so it's important just to remember to give thanks and set direction uh, for what's ahead. Viv. So we got married in Wandsworth Town Hall and we were part of a church in Balham for a few years and absolutely loved it. It was really missional and community focused. But then after a few years, the main leader had an affair and literally the whole church collapsed. And we were just left really confused because there were so many of the church just then moved out of London. And we, but we knew that God hadn't finished with us being here. We knew that he had a purpose for us being here. We just didn't really know why. Uh, we tried to find a local church and couldn't really find anywhere that was a good fit and eventually found ourselves at Southwest London Vineyard over in Putney just after our son Sam was born. Um, I think Abby was about two at this point. And this church was led by John and Ellie Mumford, who, um, when we were first part of it, who led the original first vineyard church in this country. And it was, such a, it was such a great place for us of healing, of safety, of training, of making lifelong friends. And we, we then kind of hit a real roadblock. And in our, in our own marriage, we, we just faced a really, really, really tough time, probably about 16 years ago. And so many different things came to a head. And to be honest, we very, very nearly didn't make it. We almost got divorced. And it was a really horrendous time in our lives. But a combination of counselling and then I have to say just a, a complete miracle of the Lord. We made it and God saved our marriage. And it really is quite incredible that we have made it 
to here and to, to make it so far. And I think this was, this was just a bit of a turning point for us where we were able to go, do you know what? God has saved our marriage. We need to go all out for God. And we wanted to dedicate our lives to God. You know, a bit like Hannah in the Bible, she couldn't conceive. And then God provided this miracle child. And so she dedicated Samuel to the Lord. And in the same way, we felt like God had done this miraculous work for us. And a bit like in poker, you know, you just go all in. We just wanted to go all in for God. We wanted to go all in for the things of God, for Jesus. Because we knew that God had done a miracle for us. We knew that he could do a miracle for other people. And so we began to dream and scheme with God, uh, where for years we wondered why God had called us here. Why had God called? Why was I gripping onto the railings and God had called us to this part of London? And as we came out of this dark place, uh, we found healing in our marriage. And uh, we started praying for more and more people. Uh, we took risks for God. And about 12 years ago, we, uh, we, we, began, we decided to start Healing on the Streets just as a way. We wanted to get the church out. We wanted to break out of the church and see ordinary people find this miraculous God. And uh, we, we just knew that God wanted to break out of the church. And you've heard some of the stories. We've seen so many healings, so many salvations on the streets and all those years ago, when God had clearly called us to this area, we thought this was for something. Maybe this was for something. Maybe he did still have something for us here. And that's true for our lives, isn't it? Isaiah 61 that we just read, it talks about beauty for ashes. And that, that was definitely our case. We had these beauty for ashes in all our years of pain and hurt. Maybe there were ashes that were rising out of the pain and hurt. Maybe there was beauty that was coming out. And that's the same for you, you and us as well. And so just like us, we just want to ask you, are, are you all in? Are you all in for the things of God? All in, it's just a very countercultural thing. You know, we live in a society which is highly individualistic and divided and, and a culture which emphasizes me above us and a city in which we're encouraged to follow what feels good rather than commit to the greater ultimate goodness and reality of God. And it can be so easy for this mindset to sneak into the church as well. But the vision that we see in Isaiah 61, the vision that Jesus models and invites us into is totally radically different to the world. And, you know, society teaches us to be consumers, but that this passage teaches us to be contributors to a community, to go all in for his kingdom and worship him with our whole selves. And it's just important to recognize how countercultural that actually is. You know, isolate, do what makes you feel happy, protect yourself, look after number one. Whereas kingdom values, they're generosity, they're serve, they're go, they're lay down your life. They look after the most vulnerable. This is the upside down of the kingdom. And it's a bit like in John 6, where a number of followers of Jesus had turned their backs on him. And Jesus just asked the disciples, do you, you don't want to leave too, do you? And Peter simply says, like, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. And for us, Jesus has just done too much for us to only partially serve him. He's not worth hedging our bets on just in case something else doesn't work out. He's worth going all in for. 
And so we're, we're planting a stake in the ground. We're planting this stake of faith. Uh, all of us have our own areas of brokenness and weakness, but we rejoice in the fact that God takes ordinary people like you and I. He, t- he takes the ordinary and he does extraordinary things uh, through us. He chooses to use us despite our brokenness, despite the ordinary things of our lives. Uh, this week I was gardening. So uh, Julia's reference and gardening. And, and through this week, God has been speaking to me about gardening of my heart, gardening of my soul. All of us have these ordinary things that we do, and God wants to meet us where, where we're at. And I want to prophesy that some of you, in the middle of your greatest breakdown, in the middle of your ashes, you're about to enter into breakthrough. 16 years ago, that happened to us. We're in the worst place that we could find in a marriage. But God, did, God was the God of breakthrough, and he broke through and he provided a miracle. And what he did for us, he can do for you. And so just right now, if there's people where you need healing, you need breakthrough in marriages, you've just, you're stuck financially, there's areas of brokenness and weakness, I want to just prophesy that the God of breakthrough is here. Just like the God who's come through, he's breaking through right now into your lives right now. And I, I just want to pray for people that are unwell. We've got a whole bunch of people who have had surgery. Uh, we have Ollie, uh, one of our members here. He's in Kings at the moment in the ICU. We just want to pray that the God of breakthrough comes and meets him in, his, in the ICU unit. We want to pray for, for Chris and people in Battersea that healing would come. Over at Westside, some of the injuries and... Uh, some of the surgeries that people have had this week, Ryan and Jill and others, where you've had, uh, had some pain at the moment, that God is the God of breakthrough and he's breaking through. And Lord, so would you just touch souls across London? Would you touch lives in this city, Jesus? Would you touch the homeless, the refugee community, Lord? Would you touch children and teenagers with your, with your love and with your passion? God of the breakthrough, would you come and break through? Those of our friends and our families that are far away from you, Lord, would you come and rescue them and restore them? And Lord, we we just want to pray we see you move supernaturally. Lord, let the demonized be set free. God, would you release anointing and authority, increase it in this church and in, in our ordinary moments, Lord. We declare that you are ambassadors. Each one of us are ambassadors for the Lord, for your kingdom. Jesus, we may see people reconciled to you in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We honor you. Amen. 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 Forgive me. Back to the story. Um, so we'd been running, we'd been running healing the streets for about a year. We'd seen people healed, saved. We'd formed this little group, this uh, this group of people, and we began meeting together. Uh, some, many of you have heard about New Wine, a summer festival, Christian summer festival in the uh, over the summer, uh, and uh, in one of the meetings. I was just overcome by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God just hit me, and I, I fell back, hit the deck. And what happened was a, an open vision, and I saw like a Google map 
of this part of London, this part of area. And there were these hubs of fire and light dotted around, burning in this part of London. And then people were coming in and they were broken. They, had, they needed a miracle. They needed transformation. They came into these hubs of fire and light and they were transformed. They were revived. And then in this vision, I saw them going out into their workplaces, into their communities and bringing other people into this transforming. At the heart behind Isaiah 61, where the Spirit of God comes upon people they're transformed, and then they go and then they restore and rebuild and be part of God's revival. And I saw these hubs in different places, different people's faces on them. And they were all connected like an underground map. And in the middle, I saw Balaam and I saw Viv and, and, up, and my face on them. And it was as if God was saying, I was putting church planting back on the map. Even though we discounted ourselves, we said, God can't use us in this way again. Uh, God was almost saying, no, I'm putting church planting. This is the kind of church he's wanting to establish in this part of London. He was, and then he began downloading almost a blueprint of what he wanted this church to look like in this part of London. And so over the next couple of years, we were part of Vineyard Church uh, planting training and we started to dream again and scheme with the Lord and pulled on some of the things that God had spoken to me, God had seen in the vision. And so we were officially commissioned eight years ago with a, a team, motley crew of like 10 adults and our kids. And we just wanted to be a church that would actually make a difference in the community where, you know, if the church was to shut down in 10 years time, would the community actually notice? You know, if people were sick or depressed or their marriages were in trouble if they needed practical help, would, the church, would they think about our church? You know, one of the markers for our church is, we're ma- are we actually making a difference in people's lives? You know, can you imagine those at Westside? Can you imagine if Westside didn't exist, the community would absolutely notice. And for Battersea, Battersea, give me a wave. Can you imagine if some of the miracles in the community that are happening there didn't, didn't, hadn't happened? And our heart as a church is that we, were, we would always be outwardly focused. You know, when we launched the church, the very first thing we did was to start the Balaam Job Club. We started collections for refugees in Calais and then in Syria. And we started running healing on the streets and then later just started gathering people on a Sunday as well. Uh, and we could tell you stories and stories and stories of, of transformation, stories from our Mercy Street Homeless Initiative, RTK, as they respond to knife crime. Uh, tell you more stories about Healing Streets, our Emergency Compassion Fund, which continues to, to give generously to those, those in need. But let me just tell you about Elaine. Uh, there's so many stories we could tell. Elaine, she's been coming to our, our hub and previously our job club, uh, we've been done, doing all kinds of gardening projects for her. And on a Monday, Elaine is, uh, it's a kind of a lifeline, has been a lifeline for her. It's been the only time that she gets to talk to someone, talk to people in, in her week. And it's, she says this, I live on my own, so it's nice to come out on a Monday and talk to people, because otherwise I'd be lonely. There's a photograph of me on the website, you know. Some volunteers from the church came around to tame my garden. I love that. It looked like a jungle beforehand. 
I really enjoy Mondays. Uh, I absolutely love coming to the hub. There's a friendly vibe here with everyone. It's just something I look forward to each week. Uh, there's so many stories of, of people like Elaine uh, that the church is making a difference for. If you've been to a newcomer's lunch, uh, we've got one in two weeks' time, by the way, but you might have heard Steve say that we don't want Christians to join us, and I'm there literally cringing. But what we mean is, we, you know, if you are a Christian, then absolutely come and join us. But what we mean is, come and join us on mission. We don't just want to be another church in London. We want to make a difference in our community. And we love that in our, in our services, there are people that have never been to church before. There are people that don't follow Jesus. There are people that are atheists or been, been hurt by church, returning to God. And so the bar is, the bar is high for Christians. Um, but for anyone seeking faith, that there's, there's just always room for one more. And V61, I believe, exists to help two kinds of people. Those on a, a spiritual quest, if you're hungry for God, and those who are in a crisis. And I, I think, in essence, we're just inviting the hungry. We're inviting the people that want more of God, and the brokenhearted, and the people that are in, at the end of their rope. And we want to we create this community where you get to thrive, where you get to meet God in the middle of your quest or of your, of your crisis. And we want to be small enough to include and welcome people into the family of God but, and, and connect on just really deeper levels. But we want to be big enough to make a dent in hell, a dent for the kingdom of God. Because of you and me, because of this church, this city needs Jesus absolutely needs Jesus. This is the reason we exist as a church, to join in with God's transformation business. And so this is why Isaiah 61 is so important to us, to proclaim freedom to the captives, to release from darkness to prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And these hallmarks are part of who we are. How can we push uh, compassion as far as possible? How can we invite the miraculous power of God to suddenly transform people's lives? And uh, we, we'll often say that there are two hands to this church. Compassion through generosity and being supernaturally normal. These two hands are who we are. This is who we are. To provide people with practical, emotional and financial support at their crisis points of need, in order to bring life to the city. This is the upside down, to serve our city through compassion, to bring hope to the hopeless, to bind the brokenhearted, and to set captives free. But we also believe that this church exists because everybody, you and I, deserve the opportunity um, to be trained and equipped to live the supernatural, naturally supernatural life the way that Jesus did. See, he brought, he, he brought transformation through uh, healings, miracles, deliverances, and you and I were all called to do the stuff that Jesus did. And, we want, and this church is a place where the supernatural kingdom ministry is normal Christianity. We want to be normal, but we know of a, a God who, who's, who shows miraculous power. And so this is the other hand of the church. Come, on, come and learn how to do the stuff. And so we're sure 
that the, what London needs are these smaller communities of transformation, these small communities of hubs, of fire, these small communities based on the original vision. And so what was birthed was this multi-site vision from that original vision. And so we moved to becoming a multi-site church in 2019. We changed the church name to Vineyard 61, just in line with Isaiah 61, really, as a reflection of the heart and mind of a God um, for a city in need of good news. And so over the last eight years, with the launch of the Bassey site, the difficult COVID years, Steve's illness, the adoption of Westside into the family, we've simply sought to fix our eyes on Jesus through all the challenges and the adventures. And the, the reality is, is that these past four years in particular have been really tough. Steve still isn't back to full health, although a lot better than he was. We, contrary to public opinion, we haven't actually made it in our marriage. <laughs> Still definitely a work in progress. But God uses us in our weakness. And we keep running the race marked out for us with perseverance. And can we encourage you to do the same? Keep running the race with perseverance to follow the path which God has called you to. Despite facing obstacles, despite facing challenges along the way. You know, maybe you're married and you want to see fresh life and transformation in your marriage. Maybe you're single and you're needing the Lord to meet you and celebrate you this morning. Maybe you're in financial difficulties. Maybe you need healing in your body. We believe in the God of miracles. And, you know, you're, we're living in this, in this in-between of the now and the not yet. But we believe that God absolutely can break in at any moment. God is, our testimony is that God has transformed our marriage. He's done a miracle in, in, in our life. And he wants to release that to you. How are you doing? It's warm, hey? Um, you should see my back. <laughs> Just thank you. Thank you for... Thank you for... It's very, very warm. Um, just as we begin, we're kind of circling like the Heathrow, uh, the flights. We're just circling, ready to land. But we're just going to circle a little bit more. <laughs> What is God asking of you? Just seriously. Let's go round. <laughs> what is God asking of you? Just have a think. What is God asking of you? First and foremost, surrender again. Surrender your life to Jesus. It may be that you've never gone all in for Jesus. Jesus has been this nice little add-on to your life. But he's died for you. And he wants the whole of you. He wants everything. Total surrender. Because that's how we were designed. We were designed as to be worshippers of God. And he wants our total surrender. Maybe he stirred you again about these two hallmarks of the church. Compassion through generosity, being supernatural, but really normal. What stake is he asking you to put in the ground? I'm putting this stake in the ground to you, Jesus. 
So it might be you want to come join us at Mercy Street or RTK or The Hub. Or you might want to financially give towards these ministries. Or you might want to come and learn how to do the stuff. You want to learn how to do healing and miracles. So join us at HOTS. Join us. Uh, uh, sign up to do the School of Kingdom Ministry. But what is he asking? What is he asking of you? If I'm honest, for me, I didn't want to church plant. (laughs) I'd already done it once. I knew what hard work it was. But at the beginning of the journey, God said to me, uh, can you guys be a mum and a dad for this community? And I thought, you know what, okay, maybe I can do that. I can love people. And it's just been a privilege to love you guys over these these last years. You know, many people have come and gone, as can often be the case in London, but there is always room for one more. There's always room. There's always another place at the table. It's like there's this peg for you with your name on it. And we realize what incredible people we have in this church, you know, special people that are walking alongside us. What a holy and unique thing that he's doing here. And you can just see how God has woven us together. He's brought new relationships, new, new families, new babies, best friends for life, wingmen, housemates. It's just incredible what God has formed here. And so we're really confident that God has authored and birthed Vineyard 61 Church. And we know that he's brought us thus far and will continue to lead us. And none of these things were like this five-year plan. We didn't have a nice five-year business plan. It was always just about the leadership of heaven. Psalm 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the the builders labor in vain. And our confidence standing before you isn't in our ability to lead you, but it's in our ability to follow him. And I, I hope that your confidence isn't in our ability to lead you but in our track record with who is actually leading us. We get to join in with God's transformation business. And as we talk next week about where we're going, there's some opportunities that we have to reach people with the good news. But it's going to take everyone. It's, it's all hands on deck. Are you all in? And as we said, for Isaiah 61, it starts with the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. It's upon you. It's upon us. And so we, we just want to pray specifically uh, for a certain demographic, a certain people group this morning. I think across the sites, you, you've got this relationship with God, but you're desiring this deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 61, verse 1, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. Maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never been touched by the Spirit of God. Maybe this language, this type of language is a little, little out there for you. But would you be brave? And if you, if you want uh, a fresh, cool breeze of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> if, you want, if you want more of the Holy Spirit, would you just stand up? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.